Hello and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today I am joined by Jeremy Brown. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, this is this is awesome. I listen to the show all the time and now I get to be a part of it. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. So to get started, why don't you tell folks a little bit about who you are and what you do and we can uh, go from there. Yeah. So my name is Jeremy. Um, I'm, I live in Orlando. Love it down here. Don't like the winters of Colorado where I'm from. <laughs> Um, I, so for many years, I was a teacher, uh, for 15 years, I was a teacher. I, um, during that time discovered the FileMaker platform, uh, where I built school databases for the schools that I was working with. And at 15 years of teaching, I decided I like to do that more because it was challenging. And so I left teaching and went to a development firm to teach or to, uh, do the, uh, the development, Learned a lot in the process, and in just the last um, uh, three months, I decided to go out on my own. Um, during my time learning FileMaker, learning uh, the the entire platform, I got to know a lot of people. I learned a lot of great things from people about the platform, and I learned how to. Um, mainly, I started to focus on the JavaScript part of the FileMaker platform and that little web viewer object. I'm sure you're pretty familiar with that. Yeah. Well, back in the day, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really advanced to, since then, I think. And it's, 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 Claris has built it so that there's so much you can do with it. And I looked at that and says, you know what, I have really studied the, the JavaScript, the, the web viewer, I've studied JavaScript. I've actually taught sessions at their major conferences on this and spoken about it. Rather than working for someone else, I think I'm going to try my own hand at doing a business that is focused just on that web viewer object and one part of a FileMaker app. Rather than building the whole thing, like you've had um, other um, people on, on this podcast talk about, rather than building a whole app for a client, I'm really focused on building one little thing, uh, like a calendar or a, a progress bar or a data table or a chart or a dashboard or what have you. Hmm. Um, but that is that is where I'm at right now. And uh, I have a company called Integrating Magic and it's really focused on the integration aspect of working in the FileMaker platform. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, super duper specialized. I was gonna ask you about that. Do you, <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's about as far niche down as you can go. It's almost like, saying, hey, I'm going to make a business out of creating portals in FileMaker <laughs> or, FileMaker, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it's a, yeah, I do. Um, but it is a doorway into a new, the web viewer is a doorway into a different and extremely powerful platform. So it, yes. it's not like portals exactly because portals just, they're just native FileMaker thing. And, you know, you, you, my, uh, former boss, Chris Moyer, had, <laughs> I know had him. always loved doing portal tricks in his uh, magazine articles. We were big fans of portal tricks. Can you build a business on portal tricks? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. um, but, but perhaps you could do something with, you know, perhaps you could do something specializing in bringing more web into FileMaker. Um, you know, it's, at a certain point, it begs the question or it raises the question, maybe the whole thing should be in the web. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, but I, I, I know that that's not a realistic, like 99 times out of 100, that's not a realistic approach. Um, okay, so, so your clients aren't, your clients aren't the end, they must not be the end user, it must be 
the developers yeah. themselves. So other FileMaker developers. Right. Because here's my whole pitch. I have studied this for quite a few years now. I have a system of building a data table or a calendar that works really quickly, that works efficiently for me. And I know all the ins and outs of it. So my pitch is to the FileMaker developer, hey, you want to solve your client's problem. You know that a calendar or a data table or a, a dashboard is the way to go. Rather than you handling it, let me handle it for you. Mm -hmm. um, this is a you know a week-long engagement at at most, other than support after it's deployed. And um, it's really just me building something then and to them for them and then handing them the code um, and and me helping them put it in their system if they ask for that. But yeah, that's that's who I'm talking to is the FileMaker developer who really doesn't have the time to learn how to work with the JavaScript in order to um, build the solution for his client. Okay, so um, you, I think you said four things, calendars, data tables, dashboards, and was there one other thing? Progress bars. I mean, there's tons of things. I've built probably 20 in the time that I've started this business. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just never ends. Um, I, okay. I'm always, somebody asked me last week how to convert a PDF into a JPEG and send it back to FileMaker using JavaScript to do that. So it's really all sorts of things. Okay, so so some web services things exactly. happening yep. there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now that seems. Uh, would these be existing web services or stuff that you would build? Um, stuff that I well, there's two ways to go about it. I could use a JavaScript library to do what I suggested: turn a PDF into a JPEG and bring it back into FileMaker. Or I could engage in an API, that, a service up that's out there and, and do that. And I have both competencies. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, we're just we're interested in building a little bit of a JavaScript. I call them widgets that can be plugged right in without a whole lot of uh, fuss. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of JavaScript libraries out there to do pretty much anything that uh, we need to uh, solve problems in FileMaker. Um, and I think that's one of my goals too. I'll tell you just a couple more things about me and my business. I'm really interested in teaching the Claris FileMaker community about JavaScript. I've got my whole, whole community um, around this where it's just focused on, on JavaScript and FileMaker, talking about all of the quirks that's involved. There's a lot of quirks with that web viewer object and Windows and Mac and, and such. So I'm really interested in teaching them. I have an office hours every week. That is part of my business idea is to teach people, but also then to um, develop stuff for them. Yep. Okay. So yeah, and you're, you're, um, you're preaching to the choir here. I did a very similar thing, but with when I was leaving FileMaker, I sort of, I, I, you know, everything's got pros and cons. I, I yes. started to get tired of certain limitations and, and the web was still relatively new back when I did this. So I was uh, consciously, I think starting in 2003, trying to move into web development directly and had a couple of years there where a number of my clients were hiring me because I was, they were outgrowing FileMaker and wanted mm -hmm. to move over to this new web thing. Uh, <laughs> so I was just doing basic LAMP style development. It wasn't even web 2.0 stuff. It was like web 1.0 stuff. Um, but that was direct to client. So what you're doing is yep. inside of the inside of the, the platform itself. So 
your target market is FileMaker developers. So not just even developers in general, but specifically FileMaker developers. Yep. And so that's great, super focused. And what do developers uh, like to spend money on? They generally don't like to spend money on other developers. That's correct. Not, not that they won't, but they, <laughs> they're like, well, I can figure this out. I'm smart. Exactly. Um, they do love spending money on tools and training. And mm -hmm. you just touched on, you, know, you just, just sort of touched in that area around, um, you know, you have a community, uh, you are a former teacher, you like teaching the community about this. You said you've spoken at the conference or given workshops there. Yeah. So it seems like a natural fit. And I could imagine scenarios where you've got a, you know, you are the go-to person for uh, scripting the web viewer. Like mm -hmm. you're the, you're the person. And if anybody ever needs that, then they'll come to you. They'll be in the community. They maybe try and do it themselves. They maybe buy. You know, I don't know how you would productize these widgets uh, for sale, but theoretically, there'd be a way to do that. Um, actually, I, yeah, I, we could brainstorm a, a couple of ways to do that, but uh, certainly that would be a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, and when someone does come along that has a big, huge FileMaker project and and it's maybe a multi-year thing and the client's requesting something that FileMaker is just not good at, um, then maybe you get called in as sort of special forces, like parachute in, make the <laughs> client happy. Yep. And, and there's like, a, you know, like you said, it's maybe a week or two, not a long project, but, um, you know, and you save the day for you know, X dollars. So you'd say upfront, yep, we can, you know, tell me what they're looking to achieve. What, what do you know about it? And you're, you mm -hmm. get the confidence that, yeah, I could deliver that. It'll be 10 grand. I'll let you know when I'm done. And, uh, and you know, if the, if the value is there, then you'll get a yes. It's pretty straightforward. And that's the key. Cause you know, I've been listening to your podcast and talking with people who, who, uh, also listen to you, uh, by, by the way, I know Chris Moyer pretty well. I, oh, I talk with him at least once a week on the different FileMaker Slacks. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, great. He's yeah, a good Chris guy. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so my, 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 my wonder is who is my audience that I get the value from? Um, yes, and here's why. You know, everything that I hear, I think maybe, again, it's my interpretation at this point is that, you know, I want to show, I want to tell the client, Hey, this will save you hundreds of millions of dollars a year or something. It'll save you 50 hours a, a month. If you let JavaScript handle this process rather than FileMaker, that's good, but I'm not actually speaking to the client in most cases, the person who's going to use it. I'm actually speaking to the FileMaker developer. So right. I think I have to switch my, and then using your um, five page proposal with three options, like I'm struggling to find the exact right options to give another FileMaker developer when they come to me. Mm -hmm. Is it all about just time savings for FileMaker developers? Should I say, hey, this will make you look really good <laughs> to your clients? You know, what, yes. what, would, what would you recommend? Yeah. So, so there's a bunch of things going on here. If uh, the first is if let's talk about going direct to clients. So some client has invested five hundred thousand over the course of you know five ten years in a FileMaker solution that is mission critical for their business, um, and they want to they want it to do something that that they can't seem to get it to do that is going to unlock some big opportunity for them or cut costs for them or something. It's going to have some mm -hmm. kind of value to them. 
And they might not even have any idea that, you know, JavaScript in the web viewer is the solution. So, uh, but if they, if somehow, this is the tricky part, if somehow you came across someone who had a big investment into FileMaker, it was mission critical, and they wanted to do something that they, that they can't feasibly do, and they came across you and you could unlock that for them, then yeah, you could totally value price it. Uh, mm -hmm. So the trick, the, uh, like I said, the tricky part is how do you find those people? How do they self-identify? You know, they're not going to, they're not going to be looking for, you know, the web viewer Java, the web viewer scripting expert, because they don't mm -hmm. even know that that, that that's a solution. So maybe what they're looking for is, you know, um, uh, some kind of, you know, calendar or dashboard or something that, uh, you know, that they know they want, they don't know how to get it. And so it's something like, oh, you know, uh, do you need to have a executive dashboard for decision-making reasons, you know, baked into your FileMaker solution and no one can build it or something like that? Or there's, you just tried and failed to build, um, I don't know, a calendar into your FileMaker solution. Um, we should talk something like that. Okay. It seems kind of far-fetched that mm -hmm. because it's always going to, it's, it's probably always going to boil down to a feature that is, well, you tell me, it seems like it'll almost always be a nice to have feature and not like a mission critical addition to the system. But if you've got examples, counter examples, then definitely let me know. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think I agree with that. The, there, there was certainly one that needed a calendar. Um, they needed to combine data from two different tables into one view. Mm -hmm. um, so, that was actually I had I heard from the client and spoke through, to the client through the FileMaker developer on that. But that's that's one that was fairly mission critical for them. There are other things where um, the the the, uh, the clients are telling their FileMaker developers, "I want this problem solved." Mm -hmm. It's but it's again it's them speaking to their FileMaker developers. So far, I have not been able to, I don't know where to look or haven't even thought of going direct to the client mm -hmm. and who is making a big, big investment in FileMaker mm -hmm. because they wouldn't know that they need a calendar or they wouldn't know that they need a, a data table done in a different way than what FileMaker can provide. Because, you know, you probably remember list views are pretty awful when it comes to performance, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They can, um, they can complain about that. Um, I guess that would be mission critical if they're scrolling through a thousand records and it takes forever to load the next batch of a hundred or so. So, okay. Um, well, there's a, there's a symptom that people would recognize the cl yep. an actual client would recognize. Like, are you having performance problems in FileMaker list views? Or are you having performance problems uh, scrolling long lists of data in FileMaker? Um, because, you know, I mean, probably the number one complaint about FileMaker, like FileMaker is amazing for yep. you know, all the things you get for free. Uh, but in exchange for the rapid development, you get, you know, a, a lot of, it bakes in a lot of problems that aren't necessarily problems. If you, you know, if on a smaller exactly. scale, they don't become problems. They aren't problems. They become problems once you start to, you know, if you try and put a million records in there, it's, you know, over the WAN, it's like, yikes. Yeah. Uh, at least it used to be. So it's better now, but yeah, I get your point that it's, there's still, trade-offs you can design a million record filemaker system with no performance problems you just got to be very careful about what you're yeah. doing and unfortunately as you mentioned filemaker gives us the tools to put calculations unstored calculations yeah, exactly. we can create one that's that just 
grinds the system to a halt, especially if you put that on a list view where yeah. it's seen. So yeah, exactly. So okay, so you could be potentially you could be finding clients by uh, getting yourself in front of people, businesses, business owners who have a big investment in FileMaker and are experiencing severe performance problems. Because okay. you multiply that out across, you know, 50 to 200, say, employees, you know, all across the United States or maybe even the world, that's a major productivity hit. And it is so frustrating for the users that I would be willing to bet that people, you know, would be, they'd be experiencing at least low morale, perhaps even, um, churn employee churn uh, mm -hmm. because the system is so slow and painful and they have to like i mean i i was there i was there you know worked <laughs> wor worked when i when i learned filemaker when i first found filemaker i was just like you sort of a power user subject matter expert and i was like i went to it and i said somebody get me a database i need to to, to do some stuff and they were like i asked for access and they were, we don't have that but we have filemaker and i was like off to the races and uh Okay, so so you know the client knows when they have a performance problem. the 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 issue with that, if that was like a uh, a marketing message that you were projecting into the universe, is that there are probably you tell me, but there are probably lots of performance problems that you can't help with. Um, probably there's quite a few. Yeah, when you yes, when you're, I mean, the the main point of a, a database is to view data and to retrieve it and, and then use it some way. There are points along that path, the normal path of a, of a FileMaker user, of an application user, that I could probably inject what I do into it. Like I said, I, for a client, I just built, I replaced a bunch of portals with a, a JavaScript web viewer, data tables that sped up the grabbing of data from all over the system, putting it into the the, 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 the view so that mm -hmm. people could easily scroll through it. Mm -hmm. So there's an injection point that I definitely have. Um, there are others, like again, a calendar is not easily built, but again, we're kind of veering into the developer territory there. Yeah. So maybe that's, um, I have to think about that. It, that's a good point. Like where else could I, what other performance issues are there uh, that I could, you know, target at for the clients who are experiencing those performance issues. Right. Okay. I'm not, yeah, this is just brainstorming. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know if this would be a rich territory to, to mine, but okay. it, it's an example of a symptom that, that the file maker owner, the, the yep. client would absolutely be aware of and not like, yeah. um, I, I am aware currently, you know, I work with a lot of file maker developers still, I'm aware of, of. Uh, current FileMaker customers who are considering complete rewrite in of a huge system, a huge FileMaker system with web technology strictly because of the performance. Yeah. So okay. that's, and that's, that is a heavy lift. That's yeah. a perhaps, you know, 500 to a million dollar investment to rebuild an, an entire system for the web. So if you could claim, mm -hmm. maybe you say, uh, um, having performance problems with your FileMaker solution, uh, considering a rebuild or don't rebuild before you talk to me. Mm. And, uh, and that, that's, that's actually kind of a badass <laughs> headline. So if you, if you were well known for that and then you could come in and just and say, okay, where, what are the worst layouts? Yeah. Um, or, or you could potentially even script, right? I assume. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you could be like the, uh, the, 
you know, FileMaker performance guru instead of this horizontal focus, um, this specialization in like JavaScripting the web viewer. You could kind of like, that could just be one of the one of the things or a big thing in your bag of tricks, but you don't really talk about it that much in your marketing because clients don't care. They don't even know what that means. Yeah. But they definitely know they have a performance problem. So, you know, you could, that, that would be a, if you wanted to go down that path, that would be an, um, the first one I could think of. I mean, we all know performance is a problem. We all know that there are people with, you know, six and seven figures invested in their FileMaker solution. We all know how frustrating it is when the database is running slow. So, you know, that could be a, that could be a, a point where you can send out a value-based proposal uh, with three options that are like, well, I can, you know, get, in, I can, you know, maybe option one is I'll teach you how to fix it or I'll teach your internal IT people how to fix it. Option two is uh, I'll teach them how to fix it. Plus I'll oversee them as they're fixing it. And option three maybe is, um, you know, all of those things. Plus I will help them. I'll be an extra pair of hands to go in there and, and fix it with them. Uh, so that, you know, that could be an approach that would probably, mm -hmm. it would probably be weird if their FileMaker people were not in-house yep. because then it'd be like, it, that would be a little awkward, but okay. So, Very so awkward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. So yeah, to be potentially finger pointing and so forth. So, all right. So putting that aside, because I think that that's a little bit more, that's a, that's a hard mode, you know, going after, uh, I know that it's difficult to find a list of everybody who's, who we just described, like clients who have a big FileMaker solution that uh, is having performance problems. That that's a hard list to find. Um, so, so, okay. So like now what about this other one where you've already got a lot of traction? It sounds like, um, there Pretty people, much, yeah. people can make big, a, a big business selling, uh, you know, picks to miners, <laughs> shovels and picks to miners. So if you are, you know, it sounds like you're super connected in the community. Um, it sounds like you've got a reasonably, uh, reasonably high profile for doing what you do, yep. then it would make sense to come up in a, a more obvious approach would to be really not focusing on value pricing and custom projects, but more so on selling picks and shovels. So, you know, it could be workshops, uh, boot camp, crash course. Um, it could be some kind of tools. It could be like, um, I don't know how you would do this, but you could sell, sell widgets be like, Hey, you know, it's, it's X dollars for this calendar widget. You know, yep. I mean, there's certainly, certainly FileMaker plugins. I guess this is a little bit of a different kind of marketplace, but, um, you know, that, that could be an approach and you could do something you could even do, maybe you go really deep into one of the plugins and, and build a backend for it that does a particular thing that it doesn't really, isn't done well already, or isn't done at all. And then, you know, it's like X dollars per month for this, you know, it's like install this JavaScript in a web viewer and put it on this layout and the server, my, your server will, mm -hmm. I don't know, turn the PDFs into JPEGs and send them back. And there's some like either, you know, it's a SAS basically It'd be like a, mm -hmm. like a, an API, paid API, something like that. Developers will, developers buy this stuff like this. They buy training, they buy tools, they buy access to third-party APIs. They don't mind doing that. You think... So, do you think they buy time back? Um, do they buy efficiency? Do they buy 
like someone who knows this not just, if they build by the hour <laughs> not if they build by the hour yeah, yeah but, going yeah. faster is why would they pay you for them to go faster if they build by the hour so you'd need to find somebody who wasn't billing by the hour i don't know how many there list. are in this community right yeah what like why would i pay you ten thousand dollars so i could not bill for 40 hours of work <laughs> okay yeah um you know my the most recent clients i've had are in-house developers who are on a salary mm-hmm. and who have a lot of work coming at them yep. maybe that's a an interesting um yep. touch point as well a, a place to find um people I like that. yeah i yeah. like that a lot because um, then i can provide the time i'm independent i'm i have this process down um and i've presented about it many times Mm-hmm. But I have street cred, uh, yeah, yeah. I have street cred, but but and I, and I can get it done pretty dang quickly. So um, the last actually few have been just like that. Um, so maybe that's the place to really focus my time and energy. I like that one because you're going to get because uh, typically I don't have a ton of experience with this, but I have some. An in-house developer has a very different attitude about their sort of mastery of the product there's there's not like an ego thing happening there where they need to you know like a a Mm -hmm. consultant they're not going to love the the feeling of bringing in a hired hand or a hired gun to do this thing they they it's like an ego hit like they want to learn they want to know how to do it yep i feel like those people are the training people yep you could train them how to do it Uh, the in-house people sound like a would be a fertile market for selling um, plugins and api access because they're just gonna they're just gonna say you know boss we need to pay uh oh boss wants feature all right we can get i can have that for you tomorrow if you give me you know if you'll pay 99 bucks a month to this third party and we'll just plug it right in Mm -hmm. 90 yeah whatever go ahead so i I, that would be that seems like a good fit i mean this is all these are all hypotheses you obviously have to validate them but uh i thinking through the psychology that makes a lot of sense to me it's worth looking into yeah and again people know who i am i've been around for quite a few years now and i think i have a pretty okay (laughs) pretty good reputation um not too many people dislike me but (laughs) so you know that's always good so yeah so those there's a ton of in-house developers in my community that's how i started that's how a lot of people start Mm -hmm. and it um, that could be a great place to say, you have so much work to do. Let me handle this part for you. Yeah. Let me, okay. Yeah, that, right. That's, and that's where I was going with the psychology yeah. thing. The in-house developer, they're like, not always, but a lot, you know, a lot of them are just like, they just want to leave at five. Like in the bus, it's more, they do good work and more work shows up on their desk. It's like, ugh, you know, the bloom is off the rose. Like it's not, it's not fun to stay until 10 working out some, you know, complex, whatever recursive s- s- function <laughs> or something <laughs> just like eh, i just want to go home you know yeah and if and, and a lot of times and the boss doesn't usually not always but usually the boss doesn't really care how it gets done they just want it done because they need to report back to their boss like yes it's yeah. done yeah like the calendar thing works great we're making progress uh so if that if that's uh, something that they can just buy they're very likely they're much i think of the group of people that we've talked about they're the most likely to do it to be aware of it and do it. That's interesting. I'm glad you're bringing this up because as I think of my clients over the past three months, those are the ones that I've had the most success with, with getting a proposal across is 
the in-house developer who is not billing hourly, who is, who is there just with piles of work to do. And they know that I'm around and I have the bandwidth to take on something that fits into my wheelhouse, whether it is an API or whether it is um, a JavaScript thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, they could be, I think that, I think those would potentially be um, a good, uh, maybe a, a close second in terms of target for training, you know, because some of those folks will have aspirations to go solo at some point and they will be interested more than most about, you know, sort of, sort of improving their toolkit and, you know, the, the stuff that's portable when they leave and the stuff that comes with them. So getting their employer to pay for training uh, could be, you know, could be a thing. So I think the in-house and and independent FileMaker developers would potentially be interested in training. Probably the in-house people would be more interested in just buying some kind of, you know, widget or API access from you than the than the external developers. Um, and then if you if you had a reputation for so let's say you do let's say you do some of this stuff right. So you know you you do it. You start getting testimonials from developers about how amazing the performance is after implementing your ideas. And then maybe you can go after this third market of direct to client people who have the really expensive FileMaker systems and you've got all these testimonials. They're from developers, but they're about performance gains. Mm -hmm. And the the owners of the business who are have a bunch of grumbling employees that are just like, oh, the system's so slow. Somebody reboot the server again, you know. <laughs> then maybe this maybe that becomes uh, you know, every, maybe it's not a constant stream of consulting work, but maybe, you know, you get one or two whales a year that come yeah. along and like, Hey, we heard that you wave some magic wand and like the performance performance gets better. And you say, yeah, some, sometimes it depends on the nature of the problem. But if, you know, if you wanted to take a look at it, it'd be five grand. And, uh, I can tell you where the bottlenecks are. And if I can't fix them, who can, and they'll say, okay, great, here's five grand. And then you go in look at the system and you're like, Oh, but you know, I can do this. And then you give them a proposal for, you know, three different ways that they could mitigate the performance issues. You know, maybe okay. it would be, I think all of these things would be aligned on the one hand, you're, you're, you're selling tools, but the tools are for something and they produce a, a, a business outcome that is desirable. So you could, you know, if you were getting testimonials about performance increases, then you could kind of talk about that in business circles, you know, when you're talking to potential, uh, business owners, not FileMaker developers. So it could all, it could all align. Would, I know you don't like hourly and that's what this whole podcast is about, but <laughs> if, if, if I do want to include those people who do hourly work, mm -hmm. is, are the, are those people, would as you customers. recommend as customers? Yeah. Okay. Would, would you recommend, I don't even go for that market or I could, I could bend the rules for those people and play their game and bill hourly rather than on a value flat fee kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's basically the agency model where, and the agency model doesn't play well, doesn't play nice with value pricing for sure, because yeah. um, you who you really want to talk to is the end client, but you can't really, uh, you're just a part of the overall thing. And so if the... Yeah. The exception to this would be if you, you know, and, and they do exist. I, I know at least two off the top of my head, FileMaker firms that do value-based pricing. So huh. in, in theory, you could, 
you know, make your services known to them and, and they might come to you and say, Hey, we've got this problem. We know you're the person to solve it. Can you do it for five grand? Cause they, they were getting a flat fee for the whole project and they want to make the problem go away as fast as possible because every hour they work is money they lose, not money they make. So it's not impossible, but there are not a lot of them. Okay. Um, the, I would, what I would do for those folks, if you needed the cash flow and you had maybe one or two dev shops that you worked with on this basis and you, you know, you got a good, it's good money or whatever, then for cash flow reasons, I would maybe continue to do that while I was building up the other parts of the business. Uh, so, you know, so you can keep yep. the lights on, but yep. I would view it as a stopgap measure okay. and something that you wouldn't, you wouldn't try and make more efficient or better or, you know, even make it difficult to do a quote. You wouldn't even try It'd just be like, they'd say, what's your hourly rate? You'd say whatever it is. They'd be like, great. How many hours do you think it'll be? You're like, eh, I don't know. It's never taken me more than two weeks. So they'll say, yeah, all right, whatever. Start the meter. We'll start paying you. Um, but the trick with that is when you are working by the hour, there's a tendency to overwork. Mm -hmm. and spend all of your time on client work because that's how you get more money. And if you want more money, you need to work more hours. There's no way around it. Yep. So what's tricky about it is, and, and they're probably also in a hurry. So what's tricky about it is limiting the number of the number of hours per week you are billing for. I, I would try and limit it to 20 at a maximum, which would, you know, if you work a 40 hour week would give you 20 hours to build up these other parts of the business. And then just always be trying to get that that number lower and lower and lower until you don't need okay. the money anymore. All right, that's uh, that's good advice. Uh, I do have a few clients like that that are just old clients that I've had for quite a few years. That you know, I'm still doing work for them. They have me on sort of a retainer, and I do work. And mm -hmm. but you're right, it does it does like I am. <laughs> Last week I was still I was trying really hard to get this training going because I do have a I do have a training piece going. Um, uh, actually, it'll start next week. I just put it out there in my community, and hopefully, you know, that'll it'll be a good start. I've I'm starting to ramp up the training. Uh, I've done this for one developer shop here in the FileMaker community, and they really like what I'm doing with them. So mm -hmm. I'm going to expand it to. The wider audience um, as a test run to see if it's if it's good. Um, so I do need to. You're right. I do need to lower that billable ratio so that I'm focused on the stuff that, for me, I enjoy and is part of my mission. It's my mission is not to bill hourly. It's to it's to help people learn how to work with JavaScript in FileMaker because yeah, I know it sounds like you kind of stay sort of current you have your ear towards the claris filemaker platform a little bit is that right or uh, you... it's sort of not from the horse's mouth but just from working with with folks who are still uh playing with filemaker yeah is... I, I haven't touched it since like nine yeah well with its you know two or three times a year release now there's there's always new features added and javascript is just i have been at evangelizing this for many years now along with other people that i used that i work with there's just almost no excuse to not dabble in JavaScript now because it is such a powerful part of the platform. Mm -hmm. um, you can do anything with JavaScript that, that we couldn't do with FileMaker. So that's my position on that. And I'm trying to, you know, spread the word as much as possible by speaking, by doing office hours every week and starting up a training here. Yep. So, yeah, it's a great excuse 
for uh, any any kind of developer who wants to who wants to have better tools and and feel more powerful like that feeling of like i can do anything yeah with these tools they're amazing um anybody that wants to build up their their toolbox it's a compelling proposition it's it's not like you're talking about learning how to do flash right i mean javascript's kind <laughs> of a big deal yeah so you know and, and a lot of people you know filemaker's been around for i don't know what 40 years so like it's not i don't know if it's i'm not i'm not i don't know if it's growing or whatever but there's a lot of there are, the, the the landscape is quite a bit different than it was 40 years ago or even 20 years ago when i was doing it so uh, i would imagine that there's a a healthy segment of filemaker developers who if they had a good excuse a useful application for learning javascript that they'd be, it'd be fairly attractive you know because okay. it's like you know what if what if I don't want to do FileMaker forever? What if Flaris, yeah. you know, doesn't doesn't grow? You know, what if File what if they kill FileMaker? You know, what if they go to something else? Um, then then what? Am I just going to be a dinosaur who knows how to do Flash development essentially? Yeah. You know, so like, I don't think any of those things are going to happen. But there's a really strong argument for having JavaScript in your toolkit. I mean, come on. There so, is. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know people left and right in the FileMaker community that are are looking at JavaScript to explore as a backup alternative. Um, my focus has been, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty good FileMaker developer. I'm, a, I'm pretty good at the JavaScript stuff. I don't know everything about JavaScript, but I know exactly what I need to know to make it work in FileMaker. So that's always been my perspective on this is, Here's the stuff that you as a FileMaker developer can learn and really do some great things right away in your apps for your customers. Um, so I think that's an interesting perspective to, to spread out there. And it, you know, it seems to be spreading a little bit here and there. Um, so I do need to focus on the training more and, and, and really get that focus, get that going. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like what, it sounds like you've started on a training idea. Like, where are you yes. with the idea? So what's the, what's that scenario right now? So I have a community of people. We, it's on the circle platform. We um, gather once a week to do some, I do some office hours with whoever shows up and just to talk about what I'm working on and show some JavaScript skills, give away repositories that are good starters. Um, cool. Yeah, and uh, but my training has been it's it's all about how to work with JavaScript within the FileMaker platform using mm -hmm. FileMaker scripting and um, such to communicate with with the JavaScript that's in the web viewer. So FileMaker 19 is what we're on now. I think I heard you asking about that in a recent episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> where FileMaker 19 removed all of the most of the problems, so we can communicate directly with the JavaScript inside a web viewer. So I'm my training is all centered around that. And because as a as a FileMaker developer, we're not really using JavaScript to build something from scratch. We're most likely taking a JavaScript library and applying it to our data, yeah. like a data table or a chart. I'm, this training is all about how to work with those libraries, the common patterns, the common quirks, this, the, the, the connection again between FileMaker and, and such. So, but 
we I don't teach them I don't teach everything about JavaScript, but I teach what we need to know in the context of FileMaker. Yeah, I actually love this because it's so it's niche, but it has a buyer built in, right? It's not like mm -hmm. it's not just like you're like oh I'm an expert at uh, indexing MySQL tables that have a billion records. It's because it's like there's no like obvious buyer there, but if you're like JavaScript for FileMaker developers. It's like, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I have to imagine there's not a, I mean, there's loads, millions and probably millions, literally millions of websites about getting better at JavaScript, mm -hmm. but none of them apply directly to FileMaker or close to none. Yep. So I would imagine it was, it was exactly like this back when I was doing it. Uh, I positioned myself as like the PHP for FileMaker guy, like PH, oh. PHP for FileMaker developers. <laughs> And I had like, I had a, a, people still, people still email me. Do you still have that file that you did you know, from 2004 that, uh, it was like a, a, a PHP to FileMaker comparison chart. And on the left-hand side, I would have like the syntax for a FileMaker calculation <laughs> yep. and on the right-hand side, be the exact same thing in PHP. Yep. And that, that was extremely popular. Because people were like, oh, I totally know how to do that. And I can see the minor differences over there. Like I have to have a semicolon or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, or the comparison operators are different or, but, but we get it. Like, so all of a sudden they would look at this and be like, oh, I kind of know PHP. Yep. It's not that different. So I, yeah. It's funny. I've, I must've not, not seen that, but I've, I've definitely followed in your footsteps on that because my whole thing is JavaScript for FileMaker developers. Mm -hmm. I've I actually created a FileMaker file that does exactly what you're talking about. It has the the FileMaker function or calculation or script pattern that we might follow, right. and then the the JavaScript equivalent. Perfect. Um, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So so you know JavaScript is huge. FileMaker developer FileMaker is you know it's not gonna take over the world at this point. I think we know that. So. You know, there's probably a lot of people who would look for any excuse to learn a growing or more popular technology, yeah. uh, but they might need to justify it or rationalize it by saying, well, I can use this in my day-to-day -day work. So I'm not just like, I'm not just like, I don't know, learning React or something, and I'm going to start doing React instead of FileMaker. It's like, it's, it's immediately applicable in their day-to-day, -day, but also it gives them a path to a whole new world, potentially yep. a whole new world. And you're super differentiated in the JavaScript space because there's, you know, like Wes Boss, a very well-known JavaScript educator, but he's not going to teach you anything about FileMaker, like yeah. how, to, how to pass data from FileMaker into a web view, right? Right. right? So like all of those little nuances and tricks and landmines that you're well aware of are, that's, that's where the money is because people yeah. can learn JavaScript anywhere, but not how to Definitely. do it in FileMaker. And they and most of those uh, courses skip over libraries, skip over working with C three or Apex charts or something, and mm -hmm. that takes a skill in of, in of itself to understand how these work and and the quirks around them and such. So, mm -hmm. uh, and that's ninety five percent of what I do is adapt a library for the data that I want to present. Cool. Um, so what's C three? C3 is a, is a JavaScript library, charting library that it's sort of a layer on top of the D3 okay. really complex library. Yep. Uh, it just makes it a little bit more accessible. And it's a good one for people 
FileMaker developers who are are dabbling and want to build a chart um, yep. for their system. Yeah. Um, I, I want to put myself out of a job. <laughs> I would, you know, by training everybody in the community to work with with JavaScript so that they don't have to hire me to um, do that <laughs> to mm-hmm. build them widgets. But on the other hand, and I I want to um, ask you about this this in-house developer. Mm-hmm. So recently I, I finished a project for a client. He attended my office hours. He saw a data tables demonstration that I did. He took my, um, my starter f- repository that I made that I sh- demonstrated how to put this into your own file. And he just said, Hey, Jeremy, I just don't have the time. I want right. to just build this for me. Right. Yes, I could do it. It would take me a lot longer. You've got it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that the only thing that I need to say to people is to that in-house developer, hey, I'm here to save you time. Do I need to provide a bunch of options and get to the why and all this stuff? No, 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 no. So, so yeah. the value conversation is only for, uh, the, the why conversation and value pricing is really only for custom projects. And, and for me, it's, it's too much work to have the why conversation in a sales interview and all of that stuff for something that's going to be like less than 50 grand. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's just like give them a price, you know, okay. just, you know, it just be like, uh, maybe you could give them three options, but I wouldn't go through the whole, the whole value pricing and whatnot. It's like, I, I would just do, um, I ideally you would have productized services or products that, uh, that are just priced in advance and you could say like uh so you wouldn't even have to think about it and you wouldn't even have to discuss it you'd just be like yeah here's a link you can buy it now it's whatever it's five thousand dollars and i'll implement you know like maybe you sell a plug-in or something it's it's 50 bucks or it's 500 bucks say 500 bucks you can you can um you can buy the plug-in or maybe it, I don't know how complicated it is. Let's say there's a let's say a, let's do a little product ladder here. For fifty yeah. bucks, you can buy the widget. For five hundred bucks, you can take the course on how to install the widget and get it all set up. And for five thousand bucks, I'll do it for you. Okay. So and that could just be the thing. And so somebody who has more money than time, which is the person you're talking about, um, can just look at that and decide. Well, do I really want to spend five grand, or or should I just take the course, spend five hundred, take the course, and do it myself? So if you just had a, a kind of like a menu, a product yeah. ladder of, of these offerings, uh, it takes all of the complexity of the sales process away. It makes the marketing way easier. Um, but, you know, yeah. maybe you'll leave some money on the table. Maybe you could have gotten 10,000 out of them. But, but in exchange for um, not having to do all of the sales effort and value conversation and all of that, then, you know, you, you, that's the trade-off. That's interesting. I, I actually, as I was dreaming about this last September, October, before I decided the, in the first of December, I was thinking of this product ladder idea. I was kind of thinking of it as, um, okay, let's, let's just take a, a particular widget, like a data table or a, a chart. And based on the complexity of what they need, I could build up the prices from there. The, the, the you know, level one is just Here's here's the chart. You're going to provide me the data as it's supposed to be, and I'll put in the options that you want, and we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Another uh, rung on that ladder would be okay. Well, there's some custom work that I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to take your raw data and I'm going to have to transform it into what the charting library needs. 
So it's going to be a, it's going to be more work. That's a different level of pricing. And then there's a whole other level where you know people like data to be automatically refreshed once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's that can be challenging in this realm. So that would be a whole different pricing rung on the ladder as well. Mm-hmm. But that okay. might be too confusing. I don't know. Maybe yours is much more simple. I mean, I I think of it as like um, it. It depends on, I mean, really what this boils down to is what kind of business you want to have. Cause you could just okay. say, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, just be like, it's not, that's, that's not, that's a distraction. It's not part of my strategy. My strategy is I'm building a, a, a training business or products and training business or, um, uh, you know, membership based business. It's kind of just what kind of business model do you really want to have? Like, what are you going toward? Okay. Um, if you're going away from implementation, then. I would probably just say, you know, um, I would just have a lot of constraints around the installation piece. So if it's if it's fifty bucks for the widget, here you go, good luck. Five hundred bucks for a course to teach you how to do it, and five thousand dollars for an installation. Then the the requirements yeah. on the sales page would be like your data needs to be presented in this form. You need to transform your data into this format. Once it's like that, then give me a call. Okay. Uh, and just say like no auto refresh know this, know that, know the other, whatever, whatever scope you need to remove to make the price make sense for you so that it feels like you're still making really good money. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe in, in five hours you can make 5,000 bucks. So, you know, if you need to put the, that's the beauty of a productized yep. service is it has like a package. There's like a label, you know, it's, it's got a, it's got a name, it's got benefits to the user. If you flip it over and look at the fine print, it's got all of the ingredients and the and the uh, indications and the prescription and all that stuff, you know, uh, usage instructions. But it's all there on the that would be all on the sales page in that order. It would be like name, benefits, buy now, and you know, and then get mm-hmm. into get into like the 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 more ingredient stuff from the back label farther down. And down there, you'd say stuff like, "Look, this isn't going to auto refresh." But if you take the course, you'll learn how to build that yourself. You know, <laughs> it, it really depends on what kind of business you're trying to build. What a course, a, a course in your model is ten times cheaper than just buying the buying my time to do it. I have to develop that course once. Mm-hmm. Is it an hours hours long thing? Is it just a straight walkthrough of here's how you implement it, and and that's it? Forty minutes of a of a you know a screen recording. Um, it, so in general, the way I talk about a product ladder is that you want to have the rungs starting out, you want to have a rung at each, um, order of magnitude. So, you know, you might start at $5, you might start at $5,000. It depends on what you do. But if, you know, if you're going to start at 50 for a widget and I'm just totally spitballing, I have no idea if that's the right price, but, um, you'd want to have something at each one of those price points. So let's say your first rung is 50 then you're like, okay, what could I do for 500? That would be a no brainer. And then reverse engineer what the product is to fit there. So, you know, I, I depends on the demand, like what do people want? You know, what would be worth trading $500 for? So, you know, maybe it's, is it usually what it looks like would be, um, a longer course than just like a 40 minute installation video. Okay. Usually, usually it would be more like, a few hours and, and like longer doesn't necessarily mean better because that's just more time they have to spend to consume it. So if it's super focused on a particular thing and it's like a no brainer deal, uh, 
yeah, you just revert, you reverse engineer the product to make it a no brainer at $500 for the people that you're trying to sell to. And how do you find that out? You find that out by talking to people and experimenting. I totally could see that. I could see myself creating a video that says, creating a series of videos that says, here's how you take my implementation of the C3 library and work with it for your system. Um, one of the, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but one of the things that I've developed over my time working with people in this community and is that the connection between FileMaker and JavaScript has been really, uh, good, has been really good, but writing JavaScript for FileMaker is really tough. There's mm. no good way to do it. I used to write code in fields in a FileMaker field and have the web viewer read that field. Mm -hmm. Well, I've developed this whole implement, this whole environment, I call it, where I have VS Code on the right and FileMaker on the left, and anything that I'm writing in VS Code shows up in, in the web viewer automatically. Mm. Um, and then when I'm ready to deploy, I run one script inside of VS Code, and it passes that, all of the inlined code to FileMaker and Killer. places it. Yeah. That's really cool. So what you're suggesting is, People could buy that that package, that repository of mine that I've set up mm -hmm. for data tables or C3 for 50 bucks. Easy. It's my it's the work that I put into getting it perfect and making it work. So yeah, you can you can pick a cup of pick up a copy of the repo. Yep. For five hundred dollars, as an example, I can walk you through using my environment thing and um, setting up the 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 library perfectly and working with your data. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. I think that that could be, that's very doable. And then I, I build it one time and I have the video to give out multiple times, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I don't have to make a custom video per client because it is a product. It's a product course. Got exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. I might make a, for five grand, I might make a, uh, a video to sort of hand it off, like in the future, if you ever need to change anything, here's where here's where to look or something like that, just to keep them off my back with, uh, you know, small, simple support questions. But I wouldn't. But it, that would be like a half an hour, probably not, maybe okay. not even more of a this more is, of like a knowledge base kind of thing. That's an interesting idea. And then I could fill my website with here is here are the implementations that I have for you as a filemaker developer. They already know what they need. They need something to render data faster than what a list view can do with calculated fields. I have a client who just asked me to build a data table for them for archive data. They deleted a bunch of records after storing it in JSON in a field. Mm -hmm. And they're asking me to build a widget to display that archived data so they can still cool. get to it, but just look at it, you know. Yeah, read only, yeah. Yeah, read only. So. That they already know what they want. So my my website could just be here's a data table product, here's the ladder, here's a chart product ladder, here's PDF to JPEG ladder kind of things, and mm -hmm. build all those up and uh, make them available on my website. And then right, right. with so a buy you, button, yeah, yeah. So you'd have a whole category of widgets, a whole category of courses, a whole category of like, well, I guess installation would be installation, but um, but yeah, you could. You could certainly yeah. do that. That that I would I would start though with the most popular one and build the whole ladder versus yeah. building a whole bunch of rungs. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, like fifty dollar rungs. So I'd, I'd pick the most popular one. Maybe it's calendar. Um, maybe it's whatever. Whatever you think yeah. it is, and start there and build up from there, and then 
you know, have each one of those, each one of those could potentially be the same structure. No, that's, I have a, that's what I do. Cool. Um, what's the, is the, could you sell some sort of, you know, FMPJS plugin for VS code? Like how you, how is that implemented? Um, it's just a, it's just a script that runs in the node, in the node environment that does, that does the inlining of the code. It's using parcel JS to bundle up the code. So, I mean, it's nothing that I've put together. In fact, I've, I've, I've gleaned this environment from others. Um, I've taken bits of pieces from other people. I'm not sure if I could, I'm not sure if I could do a plugin. I don't know anything about plugins for VS Code. So that's an interesting, maybe it would be really cool, like you were saying, to have a button on the VS Code interface that says, deploy to my FileMaker file. And mm -hmm. it clicks it and they, it does its thing. So I have to look at that. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Or just just spitballing here, like type in a FileMaker calculation, it converts it to JavaScript or something, or like um, yeah, almost like a almost like a, no, that's probably that's this is insane. This is an insane idea. I was I was thinking of like a preprocessor, kind of like what like Webpack does or something. Yeah, you know, where you just like you just write FileMaker calculations and it figures it out in the Mac, but that's insane. Uh, it's not horribly insane because there is <laughs> I mean, there are. There are free tools and paid tools out there that build FileMaker scripts from XML in this case. Um, oh, so there's FileMaker a lot of has changed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. You can. It is using a plugin, but you can inject a, uh, script steps into. It's a copy paste thing where you have it copies to your clipboard, and then you have to physically paste it into a script. But okay. Um, Interesting. You're giving me a lot of ideas. And I, I like this idea because I honestly, I was struggling with writing a five page proposal for just building a dang archive data viewer. You know, it's, it felt overkill to do that. I'm the king of overkill sometimes. Um, but if and it felt overkill to do that, but you've given me a much simpler route. Cool. So. Yeah. A lot of people think of me like associate me with value pricing, but I'm the ditching hourly guy. And there's like a bunch of ways to ditch hourly value okay. pricing is really only it's you th in theory, you could do it. But as you're pointing out, it's a pain and it's, it's almost like more work than the work. So yep. if the, if the work is so small, so it's like, yeah, you know, for me, it's like if there's if I feel like there's maybe 50 grand on the table, then I'll get into like a sales interview, the why conversation and all of that. But it's just not worth anyone's time to, to if, if we're probably talking about five grand or even 25 grand. It's like, yeah, it's like 25 grand. Let's just figure it out and it'll be fine. <laughs> um, you know, and but as long as there's no hours involved, I'm cool with it because then it puts all of the financial it, it aligns all the financial incentives. So yeah. that both parties are happier, the faster it's completed at, you know, at a high quality or an appropriate level of quality. So however you come to that number, yeah. doesn't matter to me okay. as long as it's high enough to cover your costs. Um, but I do think if, if you really want, if someone wants to swing for the fences and get into like six and seven figure range and they're attracting big clients that have deep pockets, value pricing is definitely the way to go. Okay. Because yeah, because you know. Otherwise, you're probably going to price yourself way too low. Um, but when you get down to people who have small pockets, it starts to not matter because yeah. the number you would have plucked out of thin air is the same that you would have gotten from value pricing. So what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I wish we had talked a couple months ago because I was I, I, I lost a client because of I had this elaborate 
proposal thing. And he said, I just can't justify the the cost. And I right. wish I had given him this ladder to say, here, you know, I can get you started for 50 bucks. Yep. I can train you via course by 500, or you can buy me, buy my work for the 5,000. So mm-hmm. that's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll go to the next one and it, this will, this, not, not only do I, will I be able to reach out to people and say, or if they contact me, I can say, yep, here's my ladder, pick one. It's a five second conversation over Slack. Exactly. Rather than a 30 minute interview and all this stuff. But people can also find this on my website and say, I'm going to buy this because I need this right now. And I'm just going to have Jeremy do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I'll get more of those and not regret the client that I missed out on. Yeah. Yeah. There's always more, <laughs> always more clients, right? More fish in the sea. I hope so, man. I, you know, it's really nice to have a, my own business and, you know, go to Disney when I want, but it's, <sighs> it's, uh, you, you got to keep thinking, okay, where's the revenue coming from this yeah. month? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Risk, risk reward. Uh, yeah. No one tells you that that's the case. No one tells you that it businesses thinking about revenue streams all the time. At least I, I don't hear that. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Cause you go not to go down a rabbit hole on it, but, mm-hmm. but it's a different craft. Like you, you know, JavaScript in FileMaker or, you know, FileMaker or someone listening to this knows react or whatever. And, and that would, that's what Michael Gerber would call a technician. Uh, and when they are inside of a business, it's fairly invisible. You know, when they're an employee, it's fairly invisible to them. What anybody farther up the food chain even does, like, aren't they just basically taking my money, you mm-hmm. know, like, like, why am I even splitting? My, I'm the only one that matters here. If it wasn't for me, none of this stuff would get built. And you, because all of the stuff that they do that's really hard and important is invisible. You just work shows up on your desk on Monday and you do it and Friday you go home. Um, when you go solo, there's a you have started a business, whether you know it or not. And, you know, even a freelancer is a business owner. And there's a craft to building a business the same exact way there's a craft to building a website or a FileMaker database or you know, shooting professional photography, there's a craft to it. And the, yeah. the output is the business. It should be like, uh, it's like a, a, an engine, a money creating engine or a value creation engine where you capture some of the value as money. So there's a lot to learn, you know, it's just as much there to is. learn, maybe more than there is about FileMaker. Yeah. This is keeping me on my toes, but I'm never one to like be satisfied with what I'm learning. I quit teaching at the height of what I was doing and when I was doing it really well and went into something new and, learned how to <laughs> build databases with other people in a big um, consulting firm. So mm-hmm. um, I'm always learning something new, always challenging myself here. So Fun. throwing myself into the deep end. Fun. But, well, this is great, Jonathan. Um, thank you yeah. for your time. Got sure, a lot of good pleasure. advice. Good, good, good. Um, All right. Well, maybe someone listening needs JavaScript in their web viewer. Yes. Where should they go to find out more about what you're doing? Maybe buy a widget, go into your community. Where's the best place? So my website is uh, integratingmagic.io, one word, obviously. And you can schedule a chat right there with me on the front page, something I learned in a, <laughs> another person's course. <laughs> um, <laughs> my community is called, um, it's community.js in infm.com and uh, that's where i'm i do office hours every wednesday and as of march 28th i've got a bunch of courses running uh, throughout the next two months up until the first of june so 
I would love for more people to come and learn about JavaScript and become an expert in it in FileMaker. Yeah, it's fun. The freedom is, I mean, the, the freedom of it is yep. just amazing. Yeah, yes. it's intimidating also to get started because you're like, oh, I know FileMaker. I don't want to, you know, it's you got to get out of your comfort zone. But man, the the sky's the limit once you get over that um, over that barrier into JavaScript. It's amazing. Yes. And uh, one more, my email is jeremy at integratingmagic.io. If you want to drop me something, I'll be glad to chat with you. But uh, thank you, Jonathan. This is really good. And uh, it, it gives me lots of good inspiration for fine-tuning my business and my the ratio of time I need to spend on things here in my given workday. So thank you. You're welcome. Glad to hear it. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark, and I hope you join me again next time for Ditching Hourly. Bye. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time, or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space, or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one -on -one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one -on -one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com call, C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com call. Hope to see you there.